Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Welcome to Handbags at Dawn, the show that gives you an access all areas past to the bags and therefore, of course, the minds of women. I am your handbagging host, Charlotte Edmonds, and hereby pledge to use the transferable skills I've gained from my background in radio production, TV development and mothering two littles to bring you the very best bag interiors Britain has to offer. This is the one where we wax lyrical about singing, delve behind the scenes of talent shows and get tips from the top on finding your voice with a very successful vocal coach. It's my absolute pleasure to introduce a completely superb guest this week. She's an operatic singer who performed as a soloist with national operas before turning her hand to vocal coaching, honing the techniques of pop stars from Snow Patrol to the Saturdays. She was then snapped up by Louis Walsh and Simon Cowell to help turn amateur singers into international sensations on huge TV hits The X Factor, Britain's Got Talent and America's Got Talent, working with Leona Lewis, Shane Ward, Paul Potts and Susan Boyle, to name just a few. Andrew Lloyd Webber's a Fan, employing her voice coaching skills for his stage shows Love Never Dies, Jesus Christ Superstar and Eurovision Your Country Needs You, which led to a place on the jury of the Eurovision panel. She's coached on ITV's shows Superstar, The Big Reunion and Your Face Sounds Familiar, but most recently this mother of two has been honing vocal talents on BBC One's The Voice, writing weekly columns as well as a book and reclaiming centre stage, opening the Scottish Grand National with a stunning rendition of Caledonia. This is the sensational Evie Burnett. Well, hello. 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 <laughs> I'm not really that person, but it sounds good. It is good. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for entertaining me in your beautiful house. Thank you for coming. It's lovely just sitting at our kitchen table doing this. And I must just set the scene. There is a home-baked Victoria sponge cake. Gorgeous. I'm a feeder. I do like kind of coming out with the cakes and making people feel at home that way. I think it's in my genes. My Scottish relatives have always baked. As I'm talking on this um, podcast, Charlotte is stuffing her face with Victoria Sponge. So I'll just take over from the rest of the interview. I'll just interview myself. I've gone a bit comfortable. (laughs) I'm glad you're making yourself at home. You've been described as maternal in all the talent shows where you've coached. Have you always cared for people that way? Yeah, I just think it came naturally naturally to be like that with them because when I was a singer myself and I'm still a singer but I haven't done it so much for years but when I was a singer myself I was always very very scared and very nervous and if I had a teacher or somebody who helped me with that and made me feel that I wasn't on my own it did help a lot so I just feel that when I could do that for people it changed them it's not just 
just about singing. I mean, it's a very small part of it, the singing bit. It's the having confidence to do it. It's getting out there, especially in these TV shows. You're singing to millions of people, so you need a mother figure there, and I love that. You talk about needing the confidence to go up on stage. What gave you the confidence to be a singer in the first place? I didn't really have the confidence, and I just had this voice. I was at school and aged about seven or eight and uh, we were doing the 12 days of Christmas and everyone had a line and all the other kids were like, on the first day of Christmas. And my line was, five gold rings. Can I, I step back from the mic? <laughs> it's so I good. Had, and I was sort of seven or something and I just thought this voice came out. So I was just propelled into being the singer. I think that I had more voice than I had confidence. And northeast of Scotland, you you are not allowed to be cocky. You have to be humble. And I think that is quite detrimental to having a career as a singer. And I think I probably would still be a singer. I wouldn't be a vocal coach if I hadn't been brought up in northeast of Scotland. So I try to give singers the confidence that I never had. How do you do that? I get into their heads and I make them realise that often if they come off and they don't enjoy it, they're going to really regret it. So they just have have to love it and they somehow have to enjoy the moment if they're saying I'm really really nervous I don't want to do it I'll say okay then let's go home oh no 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 but I do want to do it and so you have to realize that you actually want to do it more than you don't want to do it if that makes sense who have you made the biggest difference to um Leon Jackson do you remember him of course so Leon year four I think it was first time he came into a room with me he ran back out and this was just meeting me it was scary enough for him because he'd seen me on the telly and he said oh I can't sing to you he couldn't even open his mouth and sing to me so the challenge was so great with Leon and I remember in week one he fell apart he sang the wrong words he went wrong there was no way we ever thought he was going to get through he was going to be the one that went home but the public got behind him and they thought no we're going to vote for this underdog and then he just gained confidence and I think he sung Michael Bublé's Home or something a couple of weeks later and it was really good and so from then on that boy got confidence that was as great as his talent and suddenly he won the X Factor which I think was very unexpected that turnaround like that with somebody I love that I really remember that and I remember seeing his transition from totally shy to incredible and you feel like you're on the I'm gonna say it journey with them and you feel like they're working for it is it really important for people to work at their craft of course it is you know I think of my singers they're like athletes I think a lot of people and not everybody but a lot of people want to be on these talent shows because they think it's an easy way to make millions and be flying on private jets. They don't do it because they want to be a singer and I really respect the ones who just work so hard on being a singer rather than being famous and if people say to me, oh I want to be a star, I think, oh no. I don't think that's what it's about. It's about wanting to be a great singer and you could still have a career as a great singer working locally as much as if you were working internationally so I think the ones who only want to do it if they make it big, they're not the ones that are necessary the ones who will make it. When Leona Lewis won X Factor, there was some criticism directed at her that, well, she's already trained. She's already been working at this for years. How dare she come on here and expect to be brilliant and win? It's sort of like people would rather you kind of bumbled in, (laughs) hoped for the best, than really applied some process to it. Why is that? Well, I think that with Leona, you know, yes, she was trained, but Leona didn't have the confidence. So we improved her confidence and we improved her ability 
ability to show us what she had. Um, so that was what she improved on. And it was still that journey that we talk about with Leona. I think you're right. I think the public just like to see that transition to something incredible. And I think Leona had that even though she was already ready and hardworking. And that's why Leona's career has done really well. That's why she's sustained her career because she's a hardworking girl and she didn't just want to do it to be famous. How important is showmanship when you're on stage? What we forget, I think, is that showmanship is half of it, isn't it? And I think that's the interesting thing about doing the voice is that we hear this incredible voice and they turn round. The person's maybe not what they expected and that's brilliant and we're giving them that chance. But I think they then have to go on and prove that they can actually perform and all those things because it is so much part of it. So I think that in the voice, if they're turned for and then once they get onto the live shows, they just can't perform, then obviously they're not going to win the show. You have to be able to perform. You have to be able to be emotional and to connect with the audience. And it's so easy just to paint by numbers and just sing the notes. Having a great voice is not enough. Is that because the industry's changed massively? My mum always goes, I don't want pop stars to be real. I want them to be untouchable. I don't want to know what they're like at home. I don't want to be let in to the magic because, I mean, they're just normal people, but keeping them other helps you look up to them. Now it's warts and all and people are expected to be excellent at everything. The appearance and the marketability and star quality, the style and all that stuff. Has the industry changed for the better or for the worse because of that? Oh, that's interesting because I tend to think your mum's right because I tend to think that it is nice not to know because we want more and more. I mean, if we think about the stars that we don't know much about, people like Celine Dion, we don't know her every day what she does and I find people like her fascinating or Barbara Streisand or the huge, huge stars. So in a way, if they're not in the newspaper every week and we're not knowing what they're doing, I think we want to know more and more and more. So in the old days of the X Factor they were off doing this that and the next thing which is I think is a great thing about the X Factor is the fact they do interviews and photo shoots and because it gets them known and it gets the public knowing them and I'm sure it helps their career in the long run and I think that's great so I would never argue with them doing that but I would always manage to fit in the singing lessons even if it meant they got up early and they would swear at me because I think that's a really important part of it How were those vocal training sessions because we see the VTs we see a one minute segment telling us this is the week that was and you see a bit of ha 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 and then onto the performance what was the graft like there were moments I remember one time I think it was same difference uh, they were doing a rehearsal and I think Simon walked into the room and went oh no 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 or something like this <laughs> and uh, what just in general yeah. uh, is that everything <laughs> well I'm not really sure but I think this was something like Saturday lunchtime but of course the show is at night so they had a totally different song I think someone had to record the track they luckily could put the choreography that they were having for their old one into the new one but they had to have a new costume and learn the song learn the words and get on there and sing it on the Saturday night and they still got through I think so that shows how hard working they were and so that happens and of course it's a bit like the swan paddling crazily underneath and sailing along being calm on the top TV shows are always like that and a lot of them were doing a dress rehearsal at 5 o'clock which goes on to 6 o'clock the audience are coming in we're just finishing the dress rehearsal and we're going live at 7 it's crazy but that's why we all love live TV I remember going to watch Same Difference and being in the front row and forgetting myself because I was so swept up and even though I worked on the show the show finished and we got all these texts from all our friends going saw you absolutely loving Same Difference on Saturday night I was like oh yeah I forgot 
got. Because you do get so swept up and you care so much. The audience really, really gets behind these people, don't they? Yeah. Is there anything you can do as a vocal coach that helps them get their USP? Absolutely. It's more and more and more difficult because there's more and more talent shows and all the songs are in the charts. Everybody tries to change them up. It's more and more difficult to get your real stamp on it. It's either got to be that your personality comes through or that you make people cry or that you've got great high notes or you've got a great range or you look good or you're funny but whatever it is you've got to kind of stick to it people go stop trying to pretend to be other people yeah be yourself and it's very hard when you're trying to find your own voice and particularly when you're thrust into the limelight and 14 million people are watching you like who am i i don't know i'm only 18 but that's That's what they all copy nowadays this is the problem i get so many people when i go around the country doing auditions everyone just copies the sound of certain singers and they all sound the same rather than just singing with their own voices who are they trying to mimic jess glynn or they'll be trying to mimic ellie golding or rihanna but they're not trying to sound like themselves and if we could just hear their voice singing those songs then i think sometimes it'd be more interesting how can if people are listening who are going to take part in these auditions how can they find their own voice how can they identify what their strengths are and which are the weaknesses to leave out well that's a difficult thing because you can't hear your own voice so you've just got to really either record yourself a lot or get your family and friends to give you an honest opinion or maybe you just go for a singing lesson you know a lot of people say to me oh I can't really afford to go for a singing lesson but if you think about it you can spend 50 quid on a night going out partying or whatever going out clubbing or getting a new outfit maybe just for one time don't do that for one weekend and spend the money on a singing lesson because it could just really set you up they could say don't sing that sing this that suits you so much better and it really is worth it if you want to be a singer there are some times when people haven't practiced their audition and they come in and they start singing and the panic arrives in their eyes when they realise oh gosh this is horrifying (laughs) and the reality you can see the moment it hits and they've come from outside they're like pow pow I'm going for audition they come and go (gasps) and you could exactly pinpoint the moment when people chose to sing Ain't No Sunshine and they would start singing it was everything's going well I'm singing Ain't No Sunshine which is kind of lovely lovely then they get to the bit where they go I know I know I know I know I know and then you can see that then they go (gasps) time has stood still I'm saying I know I know I know I know in a room with a producer what am I doing I know I know oh my god it's still going on I know I know an hour has passed I know I know I know and you go choose a different song That's brilliant. Often I find that if they do a song that just starts on a high note, if you're doing a Falling by Alicia Keys and they go, ah, keep on turning, and it's like this, they've given themselves a shock because they don't know what's coming out on that first note. This is just the verse, the chorus is coming, it's going to get a lot worse. It is, it is. How much do nerves affect people? Oh, it's ridiculous. I mean, we all suffer from nerves, don't we? And that's the thing about me saying, you know, you should go and get a singing lesson because if you get a singing lesson and you learn how to breathe properly, that's the be all and end all of hiding your nerves because if you're nervous your voice will waver and it'll always do it unless you know how to control it so it would be like Andy Murray turning up to play tennis and he's never had a lesson but somehow singers don't think of themselves like athletes and they don't realise you can't just stand up and open your mouth and sing you've got to be trained we so often hear on the show that people are on vocal rest yeah and they've got those little signs on them going vocal rest which by the way also you could use do you ever see people on the tube with signs on going wake me at on a Friday night oh I've never seen that that's brilliant I've never known that That, I'm going to get one of those for my husband I think all the husbands 
have done it at one point. Oh my God, am I the only wife who's done it? I ended up in Oxford and I was woken up by the cleaner on the train. Madam, are you meant to be here? <laughs> um, no. I rang my husband and I have made a mistake. <laughs> I am in Oxford. And this guy came past on a bike and I went, can I buy a bike? <laughs> so I thought, I shall cycle home. Can I so, buy your bike? Yeah. You sit in the yeah. bike. And then he didn't want me to buy his bike but what he did offer me was a bed for the night and I was on the phone to my husband who's like, no, come home, come home, come home, ignore him. So this is why I should never be allowed out. <laughs> I <laughs> this love this was, story. This was many years ago. I now have massively digressed from vocal training. Yeah, I can't think how we got onto that story. It was the vocal or rest. vocal rest. So these people are athletes and should consider themselves such, you know, vocal athletes. But does that slightly contradict with the rock and roll lifestyle? Yes, but the rock and roll lifestyle isn't all it seems because there are a few people with concrete vocal cords who have done it all their lives and doesn't matter, they're fine and their voices are okay considering how much damage they do to it. But then there's people like, say Ozzy Osbourne, oh, he warms up his voice, he is really fit, he goes to the gym every single day, he keeps himself really well and really fit. I know he hasn't done that all his life, but you know, there are people who you would think have the rock and roll lifestyle and you would think they don't look after the voices, but they do. They just don't want to tell you because it would spoil the mystery of it all. So there's very often I will go to people who, you know, wouldn't want to admit to having a vocal coach, but I'll go and give them a few lessons on the sly. So they they don't always want to I'm not going to tell anyone. (laughs) Seriously. And you guys listening, don't breathe a word. Who are these people? (laughs) (laughs) I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. How do you know that Ozzy Osbourne does that? Do you know him? Mm. You do. I don't work with them, but I know them very well. You are in touch with a lot of A-listers, aren't you? Is your life as glamorous as I hope it is? I'd love to say my life was really glamorous, but it's not. It's just normal. Actually, it's quite nice to pop in and out of that life and sort of not really be part of it because it's not all it seems, is it really? This is a good segue, actually, into your handbag because so often handbags look uber glamorous on the outside. You go inside and all is not what it seems. Now, what does your handbag say about you? My handbag says that I pretend to be very um, on the surface together and inside I'm a bit of a muddle. <laughs> because... Are we all? <laughs> 
<laughs> what does your handbag look like? Um, do you want it on the table? I do. It looks quite posh, I suppose. It's plain, nude, so it'll go with anything. I don't have to swap it. It's very substantial. Is that what make is that handbag? That make is the same make as my posh shoes. I thought it might be. Mm-hmm. I saw the red. It's got a bit of a red sole. So it's Louboutin. Mm-hmm, it's Louboutin. I'm a bit of a Louboutin fan. I'll like to have a dress from Primark for £10 and I'll spend money on my shoes. Not really on handbags. This is just a quite good one. Is glamour a big part of your life? I love being glamorous and I know that, you know, I do a lot of things for my age that I shouldn't do. You know, I wear short skirts, low tops, all that sort of stuff. Hang on. I... Why shouldn't you do that? Well, we're told we shouldn't. By? By just the world. You know, you'll, you'll read it. Oh dear, so-and-so broke the rules, blah, blah, blah. But I see a lot of women my age who don't dress like I dress or, you know, wear the shoes I wear or whatever. But it's me. It just makes me feel good to be a little slightly OTT, slightly not what I should be. I don't know why. We all have our days, but I just think I feel better if I just put my makeup on, do my hair, put on my high shoes, then I feel confident to face the world. I think it's a confidence issue. I think a lot of us do it because we're not confident rather than the other way around. People think if we are outwardly glamorous, they'll think, oh, who does she think she is? But really, I think it's people who are not very confident that kind of put that on sometimes. That's actually very insightful. I have a tendency to do the same thing. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's why we get on. It is. Shall we have a rummage inside your bag and right. see what you can find? Let's see what we can find. Wow. What are they? <laughs> well, straws. Got a lot of purpose in my life, straws. Okay, so why? Why have they got a lot of purpose in your life? Well, there's two things I use them for. One is I like my teeth to be white and I like drinking coffee, so I will drink with a straw. How ridiculous. But the other reason is for singing practice, I sometimes get my singers to blow into the straw. Would you like one? Yes, please. You blow into the straw and then it sort of focuses your breathing. So you could do a hum into the straw. Makes you just focus and really think about your breathing. So you do it from your diaphragm. Do it from your diaphragm. This is a first. It's yeah. a handbags at dawn first. This is. This is a nifty technique. Does that really help? Yes, it's just good just to focus you. What other things do you use? How do you teach people? So after the experience with 12 Days of Christmas, where I discovered I had an operatic voice, I went on to study opera. So I was, for a lot of years, a soloist in operas. So to come from that to the pop world seems strange. And a lot of people, if they said, oh, you're going to be taught by an opera, singer they would go no I don't want to sound like an opera singer and they wouldn't want to come to you a lot of rock singers and they would run a mile from an opera singer but I kind of teach them the technique that opera singers would use but colouring it in their style in the same way that not everybody can be an athlete is it true that not everybody can be a good singer if you can sing in tune you can improve your voice everybody has got the potential to improve their voice if you can't sing in tune there's not an awful lot I can do if I sing la and you sing <laughs> then I can't really do anything about it. But if you sing the note that I sing, then I can help you. Does anybody persevere even? They go, take this from a friend. <laughs> it's not going to work this time. I'm so sorry. I'm sure you're great at loads of other stuff. Do you tell people? Well, people tell me if they're out of tune. Everyone knows. People know if they're tone deaf because I think their whole life they've been told they're tone deaf. And I'll listen to them and I'll think, oh, yes. You are tone deaf and there's nothing you can do and they're never going to be a singer. But anybody else, you know, you can improve it. Have you worked with people that are incredibly talented but are just not willing to work at it and so aren't going to get better? Yeah, you know, there'd be a record company will send somebody new because they often send new people, which is very sensible. They want them to start out well and they'll come and they'll be like, oh, sorry, I was out partying last night. You know, I'm not really feeling like it today. And then they'll go, uh, and I think, well, you knew you had a singing lesson. You want to be a singer. You've been 
given a record deal and you'd rather go out partying and come to your singing lesson. It really amazes me. With singers, it's almost like it's part of the thing. Oh, let's rock and roll. You know, I'm going to go out the night before. And that's when you wreck your voice. It's not usually when you're singing that you wreck your voice. It's when you've been partying. And as much as I don't want to be an old furry daddy and they can go out the next week or the week when they've got a week off. But if you want to really sustain a career, you've got to be careful with drinking, smoking, partying, because that's what damages it. We're so going to know now if we ever see on The Voice or X Factor someone's on vocal rest. It's like a signpost of shame. It is. You went out, buddy. We know it wasn't the singing that did it. (laughs) Well, you see, I'll get the blame for this because I remember the first week I was on X Factor, I realised that you couldn't say anything that wouldn't be a headline because it said, Evie says no sex factor. And I thought, Evie doesn't say anything. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) And and I think that I'd said have an early night and they had just taken that to be that I said no one can have sex. So, you know, it depends who you have an early night with, my friend. (laughs) That's all right. They can have a drink, but just not the night before a big gig. No. Is there anyone you've worked with that you think just has the most phenomenal voice, but is underrated in some way or hasn't had the success that you think they deserve? I think, it's interesting, they've had the success, but I think Nicole Scherzinger is one of the best singers I've ever worked with. And people don't quite realise what a great singer she is, because she's known as more of this glamour who's, you know, on the X Factor, she's on the panel and all that. And people do hear her singing, but they don't quite realise what a great singer she is. And um, Andrew Lloyd Webber got me to work with her, first of all, and a couple of things for him. She was doing the London Palladium, I think, and he asked me to work with her in LA and then she was immediately coming over to sing in London at the Palladium doing Phantom of the Opera and all the high notes. Incredible. She's a great talent. If singers are good singers, should they be able to sing everything? No, I don't think they should be able to sing everything. I think that if you're a good singer, you can stick within your own thing. If you're a great country singer, you couldn't then necessarily do pop dance records or whatever. You just wouldn't be very good or you wouldn't maybe necessarily have a big range. I guess there's always a creative way around it. Avicii is a country singer. There you go. Who made a dance record yeah. and then another one and then apparently is retired at 25 rolling around in his millions of dollars. Well, well done him! <laughs> yeah, because that was a very country sound. It's a good exercise for every singer to try. I love the thing about the X Factor. I loved when they used to say it's ABBA, it's Michael Jackson, it's Big Band and I think it made it difficult for them but it made it very entertaining. How was your experience on the X Factor then? I loved every minute of being on the X Factor. I think that life changes and you move on and the show has changed so I don't feel I've got any regrets but it was just some of the best years of my life. The children were little and they used to come to the show every Saturday and it was such an exciting thing to be involved in because the whole of Britain was behind it at that point. It was the biggest watch show and everybody came. Well Britain's Got Talent was the same but everyone was talking about it the next day at work and people would come up to me and be so passionate about certain singers so it was a great time. And you mentioned your children there. It's incredibly inspiring to me and to a lot of people listening you have kids that you have had just the most exceptionally high-flying career and are the most devoted mother have you ever struggled with balance of both roles I didn't realize at the time that I found it hard because it was just what I did and obviously I was there when they were really little I didn't start doing X Factor till they were about nine or ten strangely enough in amongst all of that my mother was in a hospital in Aberdeen and I would every Wednesday in the middle of X Factor get a flight first thing in the morning up to Aberdeen so it was my day off spend the day with her and then come back I thought it was fine and I was thought I was coping with it fine but then I realised after that occasionally you know my daughter will say things oh mum you weren't there oh mum you weren't there there is that guilt I tried to do as much as I could but I wasn't always there as much as I should have been or could have been you can't get it back and all you can think of is just try and spend as much time with them now 
bear in mind when you're thinking of that. Children remember the one thing you didn't do in amongst all the stuff you did. There was one particular day that I had to be in town for a meeting and there was a Mother's Day breakfast at preschool. Not, you know, big thing, not sports day, not a starring role in the nativity. No. A quick croissant and an orange juice. I thought, be fine. You know, she's not going to remember. And then a year later, just out of the blue, playing in the garden one day, went, Mummy, do you remember that day when you didn't come to Mother's Day breakfast? I was like, how did that just come out of nowhere? Was that playing on your mind? And I was beating myself up going, I can't believe I let you down. I'm like, no, hang on. Hang on a second. They know. You think they can't write? They can write. They have a notebook where they take notes. I think they do. And actually that makes me feel better. You've summed it up exactly. That's kids for you. And they won't remember all the 17 Mother's Day breakfasts that you were at before that. It's never enough. It's never enough. <laughs> but we love it. Children, for listening, yes. we love it. They listened to you yesterday. Oh. Repeatedly. Sort of in the same fixated way as someone who might be watching Elsa singing Let It Go at that age. Well, that's interesting. So maybe I've got a fan base of three-year-olds. Maybe I should be doing nursery rhymes and, you know, sending children off to sleep or something. Maybe I've got a career move that we didn't know about. Consider it. Yeah, I think I might. Do you miss when you are working behind the scenes? Do you miss the times when you're on that stage? It was interesting because when I started doing The X Factor, I had just been an opera singer and I literally left it and went to The X Factor sort of the next year. So I was still singing. And I didn't miss it because I was still on screen and I was performing and I was on This Morning or GMTV as it was then and so I was still doing the exciting thing of being a performer getting dressed up putting on the lipstick but when I'm backstage completely you know just in my jeans and not then I sometimes just think oh I'd like to get dressed up and be the performer You are a famous face you're known aren't you people recognise you because of all the stuff you've done on TV in fact wasn't that part of the reason at the beginning that Louis Walsh got you involved in the X Factor you went what's your qualifications great you've got a great singing voice you're a great teacher and you look amazing you're going to be on my team is that what happened? <laughs> a bit like or have that. I surmised it wrong? no you've kind of surmised it he was very funny he just said um, I need a new vocal coach what are your qualifications and I said oh I've got a degree in music right that'll do and you look good you look great I don't know that was it <laughs> I said, Louis, but I've never done TV. That doesn't matter. You're doing it. I can't do the accent. It just sounds Scottish, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. I can do your true. Or your true. It's like he's in you're the true. room. I'm very, very Scottish. This serial isn't just right. It's totally wrong. This is a good opportunity, I think, to have another look in your bag for another item. Mm, I don't know what's going to be in here. My goodness. <laughs> just so much coming out. Flat shoes. What? Put them away. It's ruining my preconceptions. Every day on the tube, being a high-heeled wearer you always have to have a flat pair with you to run for the tube by the way you're the first person again to pull shoes out of your handbag this is very good how much of your life is flat shoe life and how much of it is Louboutin life what's the split it's probably 50-50 I do tend to wear Louboutins every day at some point I don't work without them I find that if I haven't got on my really high heels I'm not Evie Burnett I'm Yvonne Charlton who is my married name as soon as I put on the high shoes and I'm working then I turn into her I do a lot of running so I'm like two people I've got the high shoes or I've got the trainers so is the running why you are a picture of physical health well the baggy t-shirt is why I'm a picture of physical health because <laughs> You can't see the rolls of fat under it. But it's um, such nonsense. You look amazing. I'm really into running. I love it. I run for the Great Run series. So I always run for them and do all their runs. I'm doing another one for them, the Great Scottish Run in September, where I think I'm probably going to be singing to open it and then running. I'm trying to think of a way to strip off the ball gown and have my kit on underneath. Oh, I love it. That's so Eurovision in itself. Yeah. Singing so the song and rip and run. I have to change it. That's the problem is I was thinking, can I wear trainers to sing? I'm not sure about that. You can get high 
heel trainers, consider it. You can. My mother always used to wear those. That was her concession to the sensible shoe. I don't know your mum, but I love her. I just think her and I are kindred spirits. <laughs> I love that. Thanks for telling I think you're yucky. This is somebody telling us we have to have a final fumble in your bag and pull out one more item, Evie. Oh, I don't know what on earth is going to be here. Stickers. Oat cakes. Some tea bags. What is this? It's my speaker. <laughs> it's like a really weird version of the generation it game. It is, isn't it? There's no cuddly toy. You're getting it as it is. I want to see it all. This is very interesting. So you're very portable. If someone calls you and goes, there's an emergency, Evie. We have someone who cannot sing a note because they've been out smoking and drinking all yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. We're going live in two days. We haven't got a song that suits them yet. You have an emergency kit that you assemble and you head into town. <laughs> Yes. Okay, I'm here. That's probably why I've got such a big handbag. So there'll be the speaker, there'll be some music, throat coat tea. Sometimes there'll be a flask so they can soothe their throat. The stickers are just when I've got children because I give them stickers. <laughs> See, I am a mother. I have been known to give them to adults too. What are the oat cakes for? Well, the oat cakes are for because I gave up sugar. I have to have sugar-free things at all times in my bag. But two, three years ago, I just suddenly decided to give up sugar. And now I'm kind of not so strict as I was. I'll now have the occasional bit of cake or whatever but for two years I was really strict why and, uh, but it's a Scottish in me we love sugar in Scotland ridiculously so and I would binge on sugar you know and I would have five donuts if you give me one I would eat five absolutely why have one jelly yeah. snake when the rest of the bag are freely available and my husband always says to me I just have a square of chocolate and it astonishes me he goes and has one square of chocolate one and I think how can you be this way you may as well have a totally bad day and start again tomorrow oh totally I press the self-destruct yeah. button yeah let's just do it so i feel so horrific that's that i it. remember tomorrow not to feel not like to this do again it. yeah so i was doing all that and i thought no I, i've got to just have none so i just gave it up completely the key is always to have something with you because it's when you get really hungry and there's nothing else except a mars bar you will have that mars bar if you've got your sugar-free stuff in your bag then you'll have that i'm totally with you it's a terrible terrible roller coaster <laughs> honestly if you feel like doing it you've just got to just do it cold turkey you feel put cold the haribo down yeah, the haribo down how how would you summarise yourself in three words? It's quite an interesting question. What would you say about you? I would probably say loud, well-meaning, worried. <laughs> I love you. I just can't believe you've come today. What can I say? Obsessed with being a mom, complete worrier, love my job. That's all right. That's a bit... Much. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, uh, Scared of spiders! <laughs> Scared of spiders! <laughs> Oh my goodness, that is brilliant. Is there jelly in my welly? Evie, you're just a joy to be with. Thank you for this. I think we should do this more often. You just come and you have a chat with one of your friends and you just sit there, you put a microphone there just for the sake of it, but you just have a good old chat. Yeah, it's just for a friend. It's just an excuse to meet up, yeah. really, isn't it? Yeah. How can people find you? Evie at evieburnett.com through the website, through Twitter, which is at Evie Burnett. Thank you so much for today. We will be on Twitter and Instagram at Handbags Podcast. You can subscribe to this show on iTunes. You should. It would be a good decision. I will speak to you again next week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, you can. Need to stock up on any weather wardrobe staples? Check out American Giant for hoodies, jackets, sweats, and more pieces you can wear anywhere, all made right here in the USA. Go to American-Giant.com and use code AnyStyle24 for 20% off your order. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. 
Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs> 